Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. If you haven't already, head over to YouTube and subscribe and like the most recent video. And also if you can hit that bell button, you'll get notifications of when a new upload has been released. This episode is in paid partnership with The Flawed Journey, who offer mental health services online in the UK, Ireland, Europe, Australia, New Zealand and Asia. The Flawed Journey are a young team of fully qualified mental health counsellors and psychotherapists who work closely with young adults facing difficulties such as depression, anxiety, trauma, loneliness and most recently their response to COVID-19. Flawed Journey have a unique approach to normalised therapy whilst ensuring no individuals are put on a long waiting list or expected to pay large fees. The Flawed Journey are offering to shit talk and banter listeners their first therapy session free by using the discount code mentioned in the description below, TALKFREE. You can connect with the team at their website www.flawedjourney.com or on their Instagram page. Hope you enjoy the episode. So hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm joined by Dave Elliott. Um, do you like Davey or do you prefer Dave? I prefer Dave. I'm still, I still think I'm young enough to get Dave. I think when you're called David, you go through phases in life. When you're a little boy, you're David. And then whenever you, you become like sort of in your teens and you're kind of youngish still, you get Dave. And then once you're over the hell, you're Davey. So definitely stick with Dave, please. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll bring back. For now, anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick with Dave. Um, so Dave, I was looking for a guest to try and get onto the podcast and a guy had sent me a message saying, uh, Davey Elliott's like, wait, he actually said big Davey Elliott's looking to uh, <laughs> get on the, get on a couple of podcasts. And I was just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Um, because I'm not too sure. I think you may have been there, but it was back in 2019 and I think it was, it was June time, 2019, and I went to Lavery's uh, Comedy Club. I, I forget, mm-hmm. I think it might have been the first night or something like that there, and I think I may have seen you on stage. Um, you probably don't know because, or remember because you fucking, you've probably done that many fucking yeah. gigs in Lavery's. Um, but then I, I remember seeing your face, and I was like, fuck, I, I think I do recognise that guy, and um, I knew that you were a part of the whole uh, Colin Gaddis crew and the uh, Shane Todd uh, crew, and... Um, I was like, yeah, he's, he's a funny guy, so I'll definitely get him on the podcast because you're actually the first comedian on the podcast as well, which is great. Nice. So, um, yeah, be able to uh, talk a lot about that. And as you can see from my shirt, I fucking I love comedians. Yes. Uh, so I think we'll have a, a lot to talk about, but um, that's me just rambling on. Just for people who don't know you, like my listeners, because um, I'm sure they probably don't. Do you want to introduce yourself and and uh, just give them a bit of sort of um, introduction of what you're about? Yeah. Well. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian and I guess podcaster would be the next kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I've a, I've a, I'm a biggest show kind of coming up this year. I'm doing playing the Ulster Hall for those of you again. Do you, are your is your audience sort of home based or is it across yeah, the world? Yeah, so really? uh, my audience would be from looking at the stats on uh, Anchor, it would be fifty fifty. So it would be fifty yeah. percent in Australia and then fifty percent in back in Ireland. Well, so I, I actually well, well, do that's, all in Ireland. 
Yeah, well, that's that's good. So basically, if if you're listening in Australia, um, you know, I think things are a bit a bit looser over there with regards to restrictions and that. So by all means, if you want to come to Belfast in December and come and see a show in the Ulster Hall, come over and see me. You know, it'll, it'll be worth the the plane ticket and the price of the show. But yeah, I'm just. <laughs> Um, I'm yeah, stand up and podcaster, and I guess I suppose I write a bit as well, like for for comedy. So yeah, I'm just um keeping as busy as you can really. And in, in these these times again, it's strange I find when you go on podcast and you're like, what are you up to at the minute? And you kind of just go, not a while lot, you know, just a lot of sitting in the house trying to keep <laughs> trying to keep busy. Like the last time uh, I, I did a show would have been I think July time, like actual stand up. You know, I've done a few wee bits and bobs online, and I've kind of. Um, filled a bit more time with podcasts, but the, you know, there's nothing like the the just getting on stage and sort of the instant response you get to bits. Whereas, like, I'm sure you know yourself when you're doing a podcast, you can go, I think that was, a good, I think that was a good episode, but you don't really know until maybe you see people get in touch on social media or or share clips or whatever. But you know, you you just you assume you've done well, but then there's been times when I've been on stage, I've assumed I've done well. And I've just eaten shit, so uh, you know it's it's hard to know. But yeah, so just hopefully you know I'll be I'll be back at that again soon enough. And um, I I'm a wee bit I'm I'm hopeful that my my show will go ahead in December. But at the same time, there's still an element of you know will it? So that's the aim anyway. And hopefully things here are kind of gonna come back to some way of normal normality soonish. You know I hope. Yeah, exactly. I know that's so funny what you mentioned there about the. Uh, about like whenever you're talking to people on the podcast, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just doing the same thing because like I've talked to people back in uh, Belfast and down south, and they all just say the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm just in the house. I'm just like, fuck me, why did I call this person? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it is it is it's it's weird to be totally honest. It is is weird in some respects, but I think you know you could either very early on I was I, I kind of accepted. There's no, it's not likely to be doing stand-up anytime soon. So that sort of gave me a bit of a, a motivation to look maybe more in. Because, again, for me, stand-up would have been the, my main kind of outlet, really. It would have been the sort of the thing I would have done the most. Whereas, obviously, they take that away. You could either go, right, that's it. No more stand-up. Let's mope. Or you go, right, what about these wee projects that I haven't really written? Or what about putting a bit more effort into the podcast or trying to, you know, improve that a bit? So I sort of went, right, and threw myself into that a bit more. And I think, to be fair, having spoken to some other comedians and things, I think I'm probably, you know, coping with it relatively well, I guess. You know, I know some guys are having a really tough time, but um, I think for me, probably too, having having the kids about, they just do my head in all day. So when they go to bed, it's, it's nice to do a podcast, you know, get it almost just get a, away from it. So um and that's been going really well too. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm relatively upbeat. And I think the, the time away from just preparing for gigs or putting on shows has kind of made me, you know, work on other things like more scripted stuff and, and, and the podcast really. So it's that, that side of things is, is really good. But um, again, like stand-ups like, like a passion. You just want to be doing it. And, yeah. you know, as soon as that's back, the better. But, you know, just make as, as much hay with the sunshine, so to speak, in the meantime. Yeah, and have you done any like Zoom uh, like comedy shows? Because I've seen like a lot of comedians doing that um, now. Well, I kind of try to avoid that as best as I can because I think like in the beginning, uh, I think there was a lot of zany plans. Like people are like, "Oh, we're going to do a show in a car park in front of people in their cars." Yeah, 
it's just it's just not the not the same. So I, yeah. I think like say if you were like if it was like a problem where you're like I have to just speak in front of people wherever you would do that. But I think like uh, the gigs I have done um during whenever lockdown was lifted, I did a, a couple of shows in the limelight, which was all socially distanced and everything, which was great. And then in a new bar, the Boneyard in Belfast, which is sort of affiliated to Pug Uglies, where I run a comedy club. So it's like a big outdoor venue, and it was amazing. Like the it was the first time we'd we'd done something outside and um were worried about sound i thought if we're all the laughs would go up and all, all this, the silly sort of technical things you maybe wouldn't think about but it was amazing you know it was a really good and then the plan was to do there sort of once a month and then obviously things just went back back to shit again and and, and that but again hopefully whenever that loosens we'll be we'll be flying again but um yeah it was just to think with, with the gigs all being cancelled it was just right keep your mind occupied or it'll get to you you know that was the yeah the best way and i mean i think like everybody it's been tough but you know you gotta kind of just play on really as best you can yeah that's it you just have to make the most of it obviously i'm not a comedian but then um, from listening to like joe rogan constantly and like listen to some other comedians that he's had on and um, yeah. they've always like said that there's just something about being in like a small condensed room and like people just laughing and like feeling people's breath on you and stuff like that there like you can't beat it so like mm. i could imagine like you said whenever you've done those other shows like it must have been like a real like sort of and um, like maybe like kind of was it like a shock to the system in a way um it, it, it was weird like i think one of the things about about stand-up that's so uh good is that you could literally put on a show anywhere so the the variations of rooms and stuff like in the, i suppose in the earlier days whenever you had you know you couldn't really shift any tickets or people didn't know who you were want to see you you'd, you'd just gig anywhere so like i've gone and gigged in bars where like old man old man pubs when fellas are just there to you know get a bit of peace and then the the, the barman's like oh these wee lads want to tell you a few stories and you're like don't, don't really want to be doing that you know uh, and then they like they just sort of look at you and then you finish you're like gone so and you know <laughs> you do all sorts of different gigs some like are, are worse than others you know obviously if you have places that don't have any setup for stand-up no sound nothing and you just maybe no mic you're just in a, like a living room essentially and it's like has oh, is terrible so to go as long as you go somewhere and they've got a stage and a sound system you should be all right you know but i think um what well, sort of early days you know when people say you need to die to know what it i mean it's going to sound a bit uh deep here it's going to say you need to die in order to, to be living you know it's like yeah on, in stand-up you sure you're be able, i know it's going to say i'm a prophet um you need to you, you need to know uh how to deal with being shit because i mean i was very good at dealing with being shit at the outset because let's be fair i was very shit very shit at, uh, if someone had to come to me at the point um when i was just beginning and told me stop i probably would go yeah you're right so um you just have to get through that and then once you start getting good responses you go all oh, right this is what this this is why people say this is so enjoyable because it, it is great but you know it, it's it's good now to know once you've the experience to handle different situations so um doing those socially distanced gigs were a bit weird but then it's all under a roof it still sounds quite loud and then the outside gig was was amazing as well so we've been quite fortunate to be able to do those but i know some fellas have been doing gigs in front of cars and gigs in front of uh and there's my the wee one coming in um hold up. <laughs> back in a second, second daddy's doing some work does she want some fame <laughs> um i don't know what she's at yeah so she's just she's here anyway so i'll I'll, uh, is this a video podcast or an audio just? 
Uh, it is video, but I can I can blur her out. Yeah, turn that's your face. Fine. That's it. See, she heard me. Turn your head. So it's, uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson put a blanket over her head. I know. That, I actually said that on on radio not so long ago and got into trouble. They're like, you can't mention him. And I was like, well, I wasn't mentioning. Him. I was just mentioning covering the children's faces. That was all, you know. So, um, there was after like, nah, you're better not. And I said, okay. So, have uh, you ever heard? Um, uh, do you know Norm Macdonald? Yes. Do you remember he done it? He done a couple of uh, show daytime shows with. <laughs> he done a couple of daytime shows with uh, some women, and he was like saying. Yeah. He was saying about uh, he was saying about Michael Jackson about like um oh, he's having a next kid, and then I don't know what the joke is, and I'm I'm so annoyed that I, I don't know what it is because I'm gonna ruin it here. But he said something like, um, they wanted to know if it was like a boy or a girl, and he said as long as he can fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> like and he said it live on television. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, he is he is savage. Yeah, no, but I think it's it's that's the thing. I think it's in you always. You want to make the joke, and then sometimes you forget where you are, and you say it, and then you go, yeah. "Oh, you, you can't say that." You know, like I I said something um on on the radio this week that was totally innocuous, but to me because and and because of the way that I meant it and um. What 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 was we're talking about um old nightclubs? Sorry, she distracted me there about old nightclubs and stuff. And um, Shane was was is, was the Shane Todd show on Radio Ulster we were on, and he said, "Oh, I remember uh, the Boom Boom Rooms in Bangor." And I sort of said to him, "You remember them?" Because like he would have been seven or six or seven when they were kicking about. So I was like, well, "What sort of Boom Boom Rooms are you talking about?" It's like a room in your house or something because you were about seven. And he, afterwards, he was like. Can't be saying that because people are gonna think. And I was like, and I'm uh, then I start thinking shit during the break. I'm like, are people gonna be thinking that I'm trying to say some kid goes to a boom boom room in his house? And I was like, oh fuck. So um, thankfully nobody picked picked up on that because then I would have had to explain myself. Oh, I just meant like you know because he would have been so young he wouldn't have been in the nightclubs. But I, I'm, I'm glad I got rid of that. Cause we get like um, uh, producer notes at the end of of the show, and every time I'm going, oh, what have I done this week? But thankfully, thankfully that one passed under the radar and and wasn't because again that's the sort of thing you get panicked about oh no have i said that is that going to be all right or <laughs> you know <laughs> and when you just get in the moment you go you you say it before you think about it and it's exactly, so, yeah that's why yeah. um like i feel like podcasting is so great because you yeah. can just say whatever the fuck you want as long as it's not obviously run by like a corporate like media company yeah um but like that's what i mean it's great you can just say whatever you want and you don't give a fuck i mean afterwards if you do think it's stepped over line you can edit it out if you want yeah. to um, but See, normally like, I, I, I sort of feel like um, when you're when you're a comedian, I know it's maybe difficult here because it's such a sensitive environment, really. You know, with people genuinely, you know, generally there's there's a change in in humour. I, I do think here, but I think uh, you know, to some extent, people almost look to be upset about something. Certainly, if you speak about anything to do with the troubles or anything, you know, people are like, "What did you say?" Whereas you know i i sort of was thinking about you know at the end of the day if people are listening to the podcast my listeners now are sort of set in the you know who they are they know what i'm about they know it's a comedy podcast so i i do sort of sometimes say things that i I, you know you think oh that could be a wee bit touch and go but then at the end of the day it's it's a comedy podcast so people should know you're not entirely you know being totally serious um like Tim McGarry, for example, um, did Shane's podcast and was just telling people that I was trying to deal him drugs backstage at, at gigs. You know, he's like, oh, Dave's got a serious drug problem. He's like, anybody that's <laughs> at gigs, he's trying to just dish out gear to them. 
And, um, you know, that was grand. So I just thought, right, rather than just leave that, you know, I'm just going to speak about that. And, and we did a podcast at Christmas. And I just happened to say that, you know, I've heard rumours that, you know, Tim McGarry was on Jeffrey Epstein's Island. That's, you know, all <laughs> I've heard. And, like, some people are like, don't be saying that. And I'm going, who genuinely thinks, you know, like Bill Clinton, George Bush, Tim McGarry, like, how are they going <laughs> to be doing together? Clearly, it's a I joke, but I think like like people are to take that kind of stuff well now. Whereas you know, yeah. probably a year, a few years ago, I maybe would have been a bit more wary as to what I'm what I'm saying because it has happened to me before. Where I I was I, I pitched I pitched an idea for just uh, like a t- something on TV, and the the guy who was listening to the ideas it got me in, and he was like, right, okay, blah blah, blah this sounds good. I just need to ask you about something. And I went, what's that? And he like quoted something I'd said on a on a podcast for like a year ago, and it was something not even bad, but it was something negative about uh, local comedy on TV. And I was like, well, I don't remember even saying that. You know what I mean? It was just a, a just a, a, a quip. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, you can't be doing that. And I just sort of went, well, you know, I kind of do whatever I want. Really, it's my podcast, but. At the yeah. time, I was like, I was like, oh no, I watch myself, and then I thought, you know what, this guy's just being very sensitive. So, um, that was it. And then the same fella another time had a go at me about a tweet, and I was sort of saying, well, why, why didn't you say to me at the time rather than like keeping it in like a dossier for any exactly. time? You know, it was very That's weird. But weird. Like, there's yeah. a guy, or there's a there was a tweet that Kevin Hart put out about gay people, like back in 2013, mm-hmm. and some dickhead went and. Uh, buried it up and then he got yeah. blasted a couple of years ago for it and like right. it just like fucking happened that's it just leave it in the past like you don't need to keep on bringing up like oh, shit yeah. you know what i mean like there's there there are there are like obviously the, the issues that are going on there are some clear problems but also at the same time people are almost you know canceling people are looking for things oh, yeah the, the most ridiculous thing like you know um like even even sensi- sensitivities and humor was different. Like say you go back ten years, you could say stuff, you know, that you wouldn't be able to get away with saying today, or do stuff you wouldn't be able to get away yeah. with doing today. But if you go back, like and I remember reading a thing about um, who was it? Was it um, Bill Hicks maybe? Or yeah. and he had made a joke, and somebody I think had uh, gone back and reviewed it, and then said like give it such a negative review, and it was like, you know what? you know how can you review what he was saying you know by by the by 2020 terms you know when he was saying it like in the 80s so it was like people you know if if people want to find something that they'll do it but um i think you know you have to kind of just ignore people if you think they're being idiots like so i I see this age of like the wokeness thing it's fucking it's so frustrating because like it obviously makes like comedians jobs hard because you have like comedians who are like have very like dark humor and like they want to say what Mm. they want to say but then they'll hit this fucking backlash of all these woke people. I mean, yeah. there was fucking woke people trying to cancel, like, old Disney films because yeah. they're misrepresenting women and shit. And I'm just like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Like, get no, it's, But it's, it, it's getting to the point where it's like, you need to also realise that the people who are trying to, you know, do what they think is the right thing are, are like, becoming... The militarized to the point that they're ridiculous you know what i mean they're yeah. they're looking at their arguments and they're you know they're, they're actually they're they're losers really because they're, they're putting so much effort like who watches old disney films with a, with a notepad and a pen to go like this is, 
great he you you know it's like you just it'll get to the point where if the beginning they had a, they had a, a message which maybe you know had had what was needed and to some extent it's going to the point where it's so ridiculous people are just going oh fuck off like and, and not paying it any attention you know and i think that's that's um the problem and in fact that's what i remember it was sam kennison was the one who got ah. uh, who got a review it was like by by someone watched this comedy special i was like this guy is like hateful against women he's misogynistic and blah blah, blah. and it's like you know that was what that that at the time he was doing that was you know accepted it it with it you know yeah. and it's like the same now like i think the good thing is maybe that that people are kind of either going okay and tailoring their sets to be you know to maybe woke or inoffensive which to me is not my necessarily my cup of tea and i know maybe a lot of more sort of you know in london and dublin especially that the, there's a real feeling of oh you know we got to be careful with what we say whereas i think kind of here and maybe scotland a bit are, are going the opposite of like you know we'll just say it's, it's a joke we'll say whatever yeah. you know we want and and that's it like even if you look at like like um, the u.s scene at the minute like you have a lot of people who are being very careful and then you've like tim Dillon, yeah. you know who's just brilliant <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah like you can you can sort of you know if, if people know it's a joke you know i think you should and, and it's funny enough you should be able to kind of say whatever you want i think woke see woke fucking comedy it's shit like i yeah. tried to listen to amy schumer one time i was just like this is shit like where am i getting my laughs from like i'm not watching this anymore but like it, 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 that is, uh, is is a problem too now where people are like like the everything has to have a quota to an extent and like it's hard for for us coming from from northern ireland where we are to to be fair behind in terms of diversity and in terms of okay. other issues you know like yeah. um like it, I, it's a thing that's constantly mentioned in our scene that's like there's you know there's got to be women on this in this lineup and there's somebody who books books a comedy club like I, I try to book um as fairly as I can, but again ultimately I, I book the acts who A get in touch with me, you know, and say, Listen, do you have a spot? And then B who are good enough and funny enough. So there's there's one there's a couple of, of um well one particular woman who, you know, has never even gotten in touch to say, Listen, do you have any spots or whatever? I've never seen her do stand up, I don't know her, but she would put posters up of like, you know, say say a pugs, we would maybe have three people on a poster. And you do just, unfortunately, by the the number of people, just have posters that are just guys, and you can't change that. And um, you know, she would put that up and be like, "This is a disgrace," and blah blah blah. And it's like, you know, I I, I can't, you know, there's not enough, unfortunately, at the minute. I wish there was more diversity, but there just isn't, you know. And and that's a problem. And and I think like, you know, I we did a gig for charity as well. It was just myself and like colin uh mickey shane kieran woodsy and and um mccann and it was like just done for a friend of mine who needed a bit of a bit of money because he was going through treatment and i just said listen i want to put on a gig for that we get no money out of basically that can all go to him to help him and i just asked basically my friends in in the whatsapp would you do, do a gig for free and you know they all said yes and then that was up and, and that that pissed me off a bit because you got people being like this is so backward and and there's no diversity here and i was like realistically you know it's just a group of guys trying to do you can't do right for doing wrong almost you know we're trying to raise money for a good cause we're taking no money out of it and you know it, it's not a case of you know diversity or lack lack of it's just there's no malice in it it's just you know the way it is and and i do think that 
you know, definitely if there was a problem in that women found it difficult to get into stand-up or there were any kind of like, you know, blockages to that or people being difficult or making it difficult for them, you know, I, I would have a problem with that and try to do what I can to, to, to remedy that. But um, I just think, unfortunately, there is such a small amount. And then even, even if you're booking a night, it mightn't suit. So if you try to book someone on one night and it doesn't suit, then you can't, you know, you can't, you can't have a lineup. And that's one thing I would like to change would be, you know, to bring in, more more women to stand up here but again then you, if you know other diversity if you're looking at so like from BAME communities you'd be like we just we just don't have it you know we can't force people to do comedy just because of how they look you know and i think that's what northern yeah. ireland they're going to always maybe struggle with in terms of like getting stuff on to network television is because you know that's such a big thing which you know to an extent that you know i understand but when you look at it from here we just don't have the the, the the sort of melting pot of races and and cultures in in northern ireland that there is you know in london or in dublin or wherever else you know so and um, hopefully that will, will um you know be recognized not even be changed because you know, we can't help the way it is but um hopefully that that'll not be held against like people coming from here with trying to you know submit things beyond like northern ireland so things like on network would hopefully be able to be considered you know yeah well maybe what Northern Ireland needs is a couple of transgender comedians then, because um, that would be good. <laughs> Why are you joking? Well, you know, <laughs> I actually, I, I had a had a problem with a, a transgender lady, um, and it was one of the worst things. Um, I was doing a, doing a gig, and it, it was weird because the promoter had got in touch with me and was like, "Listen, there's this act who's on, and." We've had some difficulties with her, and I said, "Right, what's what's that?" And it's like she did a gig for us before, and was 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 decent, you know, did did well. But there was a reviewer in, and it said in the review that her voice sounded like Emo Phillips. So then, whenever she saw this review, she was like, "Get that review down." And the guy was like, "Well, you know, no, because it's a good review of of our club. You know, there's nothing." negative being said about you there and then she was like not nah, being transphobic and he was like well it's not you know it's it was about your delivery rather than your voice and then she was like right i'm going to pick it outside the front and i'm going to cause a scene if you don't give me another spot which i mean it's it's a novel way to get spots you know threatening to pick at the whole club and and i'll shut you down give me a spot or i'll fucking set the place on fire I you know, know. I, I, I like that energy but he said to me look listen <laughs> this is carried on and you know she's going to be on um the night you're on and i went okay and he goes can you you know try to just be careful with what you say and not say anything offensive and i said no nah, well i'm going to do whatever i want so you know if she's offended by that you know not, not my problem so that was fine and um she did a set which by the way in the set she she frequently used the term window lickers so i initially was like yeah okay there you go. So, oh she's yeah so that was fine and then afterwards i was doing a bit and the, the bit which ha wasn't even a good bit to be fair but it was it was a bit about i got put on grinder one of my my friends thought it'd be hilarious to stick a profile of me on grinder and I, and, I, and i popped off like i was very popular on grinder when i was on it and, I, and at <laughs> the time like you know i was i was killing it like at the time i was on on tinder and it was like you know it was it was tough Whereas grinder flip, I could have made it rain constantly, and you know, yeah. I the bit the bit was about like you know, 
you're, you're either born gay or you're not. You can't be turned because if I could be turned, I would turn because I'd be cleaning up on Grinder. So I was doing this bit and this this um, lady just started screaming homophobic. So like an act started screaming homophobic. And I was like, what? And she goes, you're being homophobic. And I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm not being homophobic. She was like, my friend died because of this. And I was oh, like, hey, you shouldn't be at a comedy club. I just went, because of my stand up. Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> And then she was like, ah, and stormed out. So she went out and uh, was was given off. So uh, obviously after that, um, it was it took a wee second or two to get the audience back on side because obviously they'd just seen this whole thing. So thankfully, you know, we managed to finish strong and that was grand. But afterwards, the promoter was like, look, I'm sorry about that. Um, you know, she wants to speak to you. Would you have a chat with her? And I was sort of thinking about it. Like, I think that was probably, you know, when you notice in yourself like we changes at the time i was sort of you know would have probably gone oh yeah yeah i'm sorry let, let me speak to her but then at that moment i was so angry i just went you know what now nah, her. she's the one who caused the scene as an act you know she could have waited and said oh i, I didn't like that afterwards not screaming out because the same way i didn't scream out oh you're saying window leckers what are you doing you know so i, I got really pissed off at that I was like nah i've nothing to say to her and uh you know if she and i said to him like she if that's you know what she's at clearly she shouldn't be doing stand-up if she's going to be going to gigs and be getting that wound up about things. You know, it's not maybe four. And um, that was my, like, last real encounter with with a, a trans stand-up. Now, there are um, transgender stand-ups out there who are are great. and But this particular lady, not, I'm not a she fan of her. And then, yeah, <laughs> and, like, people were just like, Dude, would, you, would, you, would you like to chat? And I was like, why the fuck would I want to speak to her? Like, she's an arsehole. I don't care if she's trans black, white, Protestant, Catholic, she's an arsehole, above all else, so, you know, I think that, that trumps everything, so, thankfully, I haven't, uh, I haven't encountered her again since, and I don't think she's done too many gigs since, I think after that, she was like, maybe, like, I'll focus on, like, lecturing or something, which is what I think she does now, so, that was, um, that was an eventful evening at the office, yeah. definitely. <laughs> curb your, uh, curb your comedy. <laughs> I know, uh, but, I feel like, back in, uh, sorry, I feel like back in the, in the north they are like so i had like two perspectives so i grew up like as a catholic and i was heavily involved in ga and stuff like that there and then i came across like sectarianism in like my hometown yeah like, whenever the belfast and stuff like that and then i went to university and i kind of like just turned my back on like i done history so it was like learning like yeah. this stuff and i wanted to be a politician or a teacher i don't know but um and I was like a big like Sinn Finner, or I was, I was like heavily like involved in that, like looking yeah. at like what we're doing and all this here shit. And then I like became an atheist. Well, not an atheist. I'm like agnostic for university. But then whenever I left Belfast, I just thought, do you know what? Like it's really not worth it. Like there's so much more to life. So like, yeah. why was I so fixated on getting offended whenever someone like said like a joke about like a Catholic or something like that there, yeah. or like about Republican? I'm like see now like it really is like it's just a fucking laugh and like mm -hmm. sectarianism like i think that, that's like a good market to sort of branch out into if you were a comedian back there yeah. but it's like you said you need to be brave like to do it and you need to yeah. take the criticism and um, see I, I think like at the minute i do think that, that that's maybe been been a, a crux that like local stand-ups maybe you know been stuck in for a lot of time in terms of like you would either go down one route or other and people would love it. You do well with it. And I do think that like the sort of maybe maybe my generation of stand up has maybe been more 
heavily influenced by like like American stand up and that rather than 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 local maybe and like there are a lot of our themes are kind of like relatable I think beyond where just you know Belfast really so um and I think like if we're bringing like well, a lot of us would be doing tour shows I did a show there in London last year and and did a show in in Galway and Dublin as well so I, I try to have my set to be able to be funny wherever it is you know and for me personally I I'm from a mixed marriage so I was kind of you know brought I, I was I was not brought up one side or other and it's like it, it's funny to me because like on my dad's side like my, my granny uh, was in the Presbyterian Women's Association and my granda was in the Orange Order so I've seen seen that side of things and then my mother granny um was like you know really involved with the church and the chapel and you know a real real uh Christian you know woman who just loved the church and like she lived out in Points Pass, so they, their their house was right beside the GAA field. So I had to watch GAA just when I was at her house when I was a kid. And to me, that was all I knew. So like, I didn't really have any side or another in terms of that growing up. So to me, I, I suppose having a a, a a comedic mind, really, I, I sort of would look at like, oh, I can take the piss out of both these people now. You know, I, I can, yeah. can kind of yeah. do either side. And like for me growing up, I would have like, we would have had like chats at the table about things like my mum and dad would have disagreed about um, politics the whole time. And, you know, I would have just, my, my mindset would have been, I'm just, I'm going to argue with whoever I think would be the most fun to annoy. So if my mum's getting really annoyed about something, I'll be like, I'll just get hot on my dad's side and wind her up even more. If my dad, <laughs> I would do the same. So like it was, I think that, that like you only kind of really notice like the sectarianism, like you say, as you, as you got, got older. And one, one of the fir- my first kind of, moments that I was like oh shit maybe I there is something here was my I thought I used to support Queen's Park Rangers when I was a kid I liked the, the Wisa Beauty kits the three stripes and all so I was like my, my granny my, my, my Presbyterian Women's Association granny may I add and <laughs> I thought I saw a nice QPR scarf so I bought it and was wearing it home and all and I got home my dad just said no get that off I was like, what do you mean? Because he's an Arsenal man. I thought, oh, you know, just get that off. You're not wearing QPR in my house. But I didn't realize at the time it was just full Rangers. So he was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't wear it because you're labeling yourself. And, yeah. you know, I think he it's tried. Not to... Yeah. And it was like, I... and again, now, like, you think it's moved on a lot, but there are elements where, like, you see things happening and you just go, like, what the, what, like, and that's what I think the biggest problem within our politics is at the minute is that. You never see one side or another ever, ever say, "Oh well, we might have been a bit wrong about this." You know, it's always, exactly. "Well, they did, they did, they did." Whereas I think if someone were to come out and go, "Listen, our response to this was was buying out of order," but they they had initiated. But again, we put our hands up and say we shouldn't have done this. You know, it's never any. Do you know what frustrates me about it? The thing, like, and this is coming from someone who was like a, a big like Catholic growing up and like um, yeah. involved in like um, republicanism stuff like that there. And um, after I left uh, Northern Ireland, and um, I was just like, why was I like saying that Northern Ireland doesn't exist? Why was I like agreeing with Sinn Féin not going to Parliament? Like, because yeah. if anyone else in the world looks at our country, yeah. they will recognise Northern Ireland as a state. And I know it's a big, massive topic, and like the Republicans mm-hmm. don't want to hear about it. But like, you have yeah. to fucking like use your logic. Like, you need to yeah. use your your actual logic. I'm like. If you're getting people to vote for you, but then you're not standing in in Parliament, yeah. like where's your voice going to be heard? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I really think it is like our politics is so childish, and mm-hmm. I know politics is like that all over the world, but like ours is like you've just got to be, you've got to tuck your balls and dick between your fucking yeah. legs and just win, and you've got to be yeah. humble. 
like that's what I think a big a big thing is now that you're you're looking at it going like if you like look at it from a like the DUP perspective, I look at the way like people vote for them and it's like they, they almost don't even know what it is their their what their policies are, what their mandate is. They just they just want to this is who we vote for. And then you look at the way like Brexit has gone, you know, it's been a shambles. Everyone can see it's been a shambles. But they were like, we knew, and, and now what they have done is actually made their position within the union much weaker. So it's like the stubbornness and the the bitterness is kind of that's a it, good word for it, stubbornness. It, yeah, but it's it's it, it, it's infecting what they think is their message, and and I think that anyone with a more again for me personally, I don't think uh, my views would be more. You know, I wouldn't be able to vote for any particular party because there would be something I would disagree with, rather than yeah. you know I'm really in support of, of that. And I think um, here is like, you know, yeah, looking at it now, especially now as a, as a dad, it's like all I want to do is make sure that, you know, my kids have the best opportunity to live in peace yeah. and be able to fulfill whatever it is they want to do in their lives. It's whether one way or another, I, 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 to me, like personally, I used to work as a community cohesion officer for the housing executive. So I would have, you know, worked in South, East, South and East Belfast and North Belfast would have been the areas that I covered. And like I'd had to go into areas where, you know, they would be very staunchly Catholic or staunchly Protestant, like Republican and Loyalist. And, you know, go in sort of with an open mind to an extent, because, you you know, you'd, you'd see some characters that you'd see in a Sunday papers involved in and you'd yeah. be going in being like, oh, fuck, I know about this. But then you actually go in and you're having cups of tea with these people and you're not talking about the, the, the green and orange or the red and red and blue. And it's like. The same problems in every estate, you know, it's like lack of housing, lack of education, lack of provisions. And it's like if you just were to, you know, move the actual issues to the top of the agenda and then maybe the the colours down a bit, things would be yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot better. And, you know, I think that's the problem is that because for so long people have been um, pushing that, that agenda that, that they almost forget that, hold on, at the end of the day, there's an economy here, there's a country here, there's... You know things that are more important than you know you are i am and i think that's what we need to maybe you know there needs to maybe be a party that maybe focuses more on that that's you know given a bit more support really than than well there was the, a party that did come out i think it was called ni21 that came out like, yeah. back in 2012 but it, no one agreed with it everyone was like i'm not yeah. fucking for that for that because yeah. if i vote for that that means champagne's going to get the power <laughs> Do you yeah know what I, mean? I know it's it's like and i mean ultimately like yeah, you know it's 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 it, it's it's strange in terms of like, I just feel like that Northern Ireland as a state is, you know, it, there's both all the parties know that if, for example, we went to be United Ireland or it was just fully UK, not Northern Ireland, um, we wouldn't be able to get as much. Do you know what I mean? So like, realistically, we get like so much money out of the out of the UK government, so much money out of the the Irish government that like you know the politicians are probably looking at going we are in a mint here it's sweet let's keep this you know because it goes what like you know for to be ruled um you know by by um Westminster we would probably just be forgotten about if we're ruled from Dublin probably just be whereas now we're sort of doing it you know I just think that that's the problem that the politicians are on serious dough taking bungs flat out and the the strife means access to grants really so I think as long as that carries on 
you know, it'll it'll be it'll be there thereabouts. But I just think, you know, it's just a shambles. And I try not to I mean, I've no spoken about it for like about the last twenty minutes and probably bored the balls of people, but I think <laughs> um that, you know, I, I try to ignore it as best I can until like you start seeing, you know, no shop no no food in, in, in Tesco's and you go, Ah, this is a bollocks or, you know, I'm gonna have to stand in, in a queue when I come home from Tenerife from the holidays and go, Oh bollocks <laughs> you know. So um so I I mean I'm definitely I've got a I've got a UK passport, but I'm definitely applying for an Irish passport as well because again it, it doesn't bother me in terms of what what you know what side is what yeah, exactly. but as long as you know as long as life's easier and it, it can be as good yeah. as it, it can for you you know that's all i'm about really like you know simplicity is uh, key yeah. for me, you know fucking see before the podcast there that was like nathan don't get involved in politics suck. don't get involved in politics yeah. suck. and then it came out, i was just like fuck it let's just go with it and yeah. um, no I, I think what you said like is perfect and um, i feel like people in and over now in the north whatever the fuck you want to call it you need to sort of take a look at your family and like your job and you're voting these politicians in just because of colors like who gives a fuck about them like vote for someone you actually care about and yeah. i think that's the best way that we're going to move forward and um, so i i know we, we probably did bore people with that there kind of yeah. stuff we'll get what will say, just before before we go see people like who get annoyed about northern ireland or the north or london dairy or dairy like <laughs> their, their live lives must be so sweet that if that's the only thing that winds them up you know what i mean like it must be great that there's no money worries nothing else and you just must go yeah. to people why is up like go and go and check know. you know go go and have go and read the paper watch coronation street have a cup of tea relax yourself because <laughs> if that's what's winding you up you know your life's pretty sweet yeah well done no, for me like i remember once someone said to me i said dairy and so went it's london dairy and i was like above all else i'm a lazy bastard and it's easier to just say dairy than london dairy it's less effort so you know i'm there just you gonna go. do, you know there, <laughs> there you have it no biggie yeah or you could be like the hip woke people and call it l dairy or something like that there yeah uh-huh. stroke uh-huh. which is not a joke yeah. somebody who potentially could very well have a stroke at any time i don't <laughs> i don't <discover> myself. <laughs> um yeah, fuck. Wait, we'll stay clear of that anyway. But um, sorry, not sorry to people who are listening. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, before I let you go, I know you were on you're on a tight uh, time schedule. Um, Can I just say <laughs> why I'm on a tight time schedule, just so the listeners know, in case they're like he's getting away. What's happened is <laughs> we have a car just just basically in the driveway. I during COVID they cancelled MOTs, and I thought sweet. I'm just no no problem, and then we we just uh, got a letter or being like, oh by the way, you've no you, your MOTs like expired months ago. I was like, oh bollocks. So my wife booked booked in an MOT appointment. Her eardrum burst over the weekend, so she's got no balance. <laughs> she's like some oh, sort of okay. like a Mister Man, like Mister Wobbly all over the show, and I, <laughs> I have to take it. She's like, oh by the way, it's booked for ten. Uh, tomorrow can you take it and i was like well i really can't because i'm doing something she's like well either that or else we'll just be stuck in this house forever i thought me yeah. two children and her in this house i need to escape so you know that's yeah. that's the reason you know there's no you know i would love <laughs> to sit here and chat chat longer listen we, we need to get a mandate together we need to get our policy sorted we need to run <laughs> for storming um yeah we've got our manifesto here there we go the manifesto is ready and we'll, we'll take it out there um but uh yeah so that's the reason just in case people think i'm, I'm being sly i'm, I'm buggering off for for no reason yeah. i totally sympathize with you and um, shit happens and um, with the uh sort of like the the comedy and um, back there in like belfast like it's weird because whenever i was growing up you didn't really see much of it like you had like the give my head piece sort of guys like you said like tim yeah. garen and 
couple of them. They've sort of delved into like sectarian banter, but as well, yeah. uh, like comedy. But like, it seems like now that like you guys are kind of, you're kind of replicating what like Joe Rogan and his like crew are doing over in like LA. Like, you're yeah. like creating a community. And it's good because it looks like you're all support each other. You should go on each other's podcasts. You're constantly shouting out each other. Like, do you feel like you probably wouldn't have like made it this far if you didn't have the support of those other ones around you? You know what? I think that it's a combination of things. I think finding like stand up traditionally here has been quite, I don't want to say petty, but like there's an element of you want to get ahead of people. You want to, you know, oh, like I'll not tell you who to speak to because you might get something ahead of me or blah, blah, blah. I think there's been an element of that. Um, and as well, like the Empire used to be the only comedy club in town. It used to be very, like, you know, prestigious to get a spot there. And it was like, oh, very big deal. Whereas, like, we we actually we booked Ulster Hall in 2016 as a group because we thought you know there's no opportunities here so we could either you know mope about it or we could do something about it so we kind of just thought fuck it we'll book this gig and see what happens and sold it out and it was class and we thought you know what maybe there is you know uh, an opportunity to do something here there is there is a desire for a different type of comedy I think like you say um like give my headpiece even to this day is is still massively popular the numbers it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous, and you have to, you know, tip your hat to them. Like when I suppose when I first started out, I was probably I think when you when everyone starts out, they're a bit like I suppose pig-headed and they and like obnoxious, and they think, oh, flip this, what's this shit? Whereas the older you get, like I look at the the amount of stuff like Tim does. Like I'm joking aside, very fond of Tim McGarry. Like I think he's a he's a really sound fella. Like and he's and in terms of stand up, he's fucking brilliant. Like he is a brilliant stand up. And um, I think if you just were to see give me a headpiece, you could sort of, you know, say, oh, this is this is all stuff he does and blah blah. But you watch him do stand up; he's he's a master. And um, you know, now that that I'm at as an age where I can appreciate that rather than I guess being jealous is what it probably would have been at the start. You know, you see how good he is. Colin Murphy's another one; like he's he's a smashing stand up. And again, I think part of the the problem is is that you know with with like local guys they can get so much here like obviously tim's working flat out so there's no maybe need for him to go and try the scene over in london or whatever and i know murph yeah. he he had done that and he's done really well out there like we last time he did pugs he, we had a, had a pint afterwards and he was telling me stories about gigging with patrice o'neill which to me is like i just sit and listen to, to that <laughs> all all the time like he was a really good friend like colin murphy was really good mates with patrice o'neill which to me was just like fuck that's amazing so yeah. He was telling me a gig about how again this is I, I, and I said to him like why is there not a show on BBC about this because it'd be hilarious like <laughs> he'd said oh no Patrice O'Neill did a gig with me and Lauren and I just I was trying to think well how, what brought Patrice O'Neill to Lauren you know it's just such a weird and like th- th- if I if there was something like a story about that gig I I mean I would be one I would love to see it like so um, I think that 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 was it and I think those guys because they grew up in a time where maybe social media wasn't like you couldn't almost platform yourself like we can now um that they had to do it the sort of more traditional route through the tv and through just just the the corporate gigs and and the empire and stuff whereas now like like they would gig with us and stuff and it's, it's great and like i i love love doing gigs with those guys um but i think for us we you know we are sort of in the social media time we've been fans of podcasts we've, we have access to 
a lot of the American stand-ups. I know, like I've I've been over to the comedy store and and the comedy cellar in New York and stuff. And to me, that was the the, the top level of stand-up that I've seen. I've been there and I've seen like some of the world's top comedians, and it's so accessible now for us to like you know you almost if you listen to a podcast you feel like you're almost mates with the the podcaster rather than thinking oh yeah. these are the like the great almighty stand-ups of the world so it feels like that and i think with us you know having access to just like just buy equipment you just need a laptop you can do your podcast you can sort of get a following that way put videos online on social media you know that kind of is how it comes about and i think with colin doing the i am fighter videos we're probably the first kind of big online thing certainly i remember anyway that, that locally really really took off and the thing about it is rather than having to just get on stages and be in front of audiences you can create your own audience now and i think that's that's great you know again nothing beats beats doing a live show but again like during during covid and stuff being able to just talk shit in my dining room's been a, a massive outlet so i think that's something and you know it, it i find it because we are we are genuinely a lot of us are mates you know rather than just maybe being like colleagues or competitors we're friends so we jump in each other's podcast it's it's easier to do it's more crack and you know it helps everybody so it, i think the, the the scene generally is is pretty good at the minute and i know when i started out it was it was a bit bitchier you know there was a bit like people wouldn't you know be like oh well, i don't know how like say you ask for a gig oh i don't know how you get on in there and people fine well would know how to do it whereas now i think you know, everyone helps each other and everyone has an outlet to do their own thing. So I just think, yeah, it's a really, really good scene. And that's something that um, I feel quite strongly about is that, you know, I'd like that scene to be to be seen on a, on a bigger level. So I'd like, you know, some of the people to get opportunities to, to maybe do more TV or network or online stuff, you know, that that maybe they could earn earn a living out of, out of what the talent is. Because realistically, there's a load of guys and girls here who are, fucking brilliant and yeah. just maybe they don't get on like the mock the weeks or the the shows like that because i think it's just you know i think often you look at northern ireland comedy and be like oh le- le- leave them to it whereas i'd like to see more more guys breaking through now really because it's it's a smashing yeah. scene like and in terms of clubs you have so many clubs in belfast alone and, and great clubs all across the all across the country now so it's i think it's a really good time to be involved in it apart from the fact we can't do it but you know once it opens up again it's a good <laughs> It's a good scene to be involved in. Yeah, definitely. Tell me this. I've always wanted to ask someone, whatever happened to your guy, Thomas Smythe? Um, Does he do comedy still now? He... Or did he die or something? No, Dan, no, Dan, Dan Watson. Um, you know, I, 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 very, I knew Dan very little. It was almost like, you know, you could probably say, like, did I do a deal with the devil where, like, I substituted myself in and then he just disappeared? You know, it was sort of that sort of time frame. Whenever I sort of appeared in the scene, you know, he disappeared. No, maybe I had him, who knows? But, um, no, I didn't need him, just had him out. But he, uh, like, I just think he just didn't like the attention that, that came with it. You know, I think he just, like, he, he was quite a private guy and he liked doing, he liked being funny and doing skits and stuff. But I just don't think he liked the, oh, there's Thomas the Tanker. Oh, you know, I just think it was a lot of, a lot of pressure on him and i just think he's kind of like as far as i'm aware he just has like cut himself off completely and just you know works a normal job and minds his own business now so again i do think like i think he's really funny and really talented and again i think yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be good to have him back but you know i just don't know if he has the interest well, in it and if you you know what? <laughs> so you don't want him <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> no exactly and then i'll disappear again it's like yeah. but um 
No, I, I just think again, you know, he just decided that's nah, not for me. You know, maybe a bit too much interest in what he was at and people bothering him in the street and stuff, and he just that wasn't for him really. So. I think that was really all, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you were to see him do something again because he is—he is very, very funny. Like, um, last two questions because I know we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, who like inspired you to do comedy? Like, who's your role models? I mean, for me, who like if I were to look at someone's career and go, I would love that would be Ricky Gervais first and foremost. I would oh, say, yeah. you know, I look at him and I go, I love him in terms of like stand-ups there's a few people who i maybe would say that you, you go like jerry seinfeld i know he's not my sense of humor really but you look at him you go he is he is he is one stand-up like you know he loves doing it he's still doing it this day and he's earned a fortune so if you were to copy his mantra bingo um and i'm sort of more sort of like like at the minute i love tim dylan i think his podcast is yeah, he's so good yeah i love i love bobby lee um Cat Williams is another one who's like stand-up specials. Like I, I could watch them and I like, cry laughing at them. And then Patrice O'Neill as well is fucking brilliant too. Like so, I think for me mostly it's been you know American comedians that I would sort of look up to and and uh, and listen to mainly. But then obviously like the more the more localized like Ricky Gervais to me is just just great. Like The Office is my favorite oh, uh, sitcom. Yeah. Of all time, like, and I just think, yeah, those guys would you look at and go, they're the cool guys that I would be excited about seeing specials from. Yeah, yeah. If you see them coming out, you'd be like, right, I'll watch that. Kevin Hart's another one. Like, I thought Kevin Hart's last special he did, if he had done that in a comedy club, would have been, you would have been talking about one of the best specials ever. But I think because he did it in such a big arena, it was like yeah. it maybe lost some of its intimacy. So, yeah. um, but, it's, but a lot, yeah, all those guys I think are, are class. Like, what about Joe Rogan? I don't like his stand up. You know what? Joe Rogan is a genius in terms of like he knows what the he knows he's like innovative. Like his podcast is you know one of the first to like you know make you go. Oh, podcast is a medium uh, that that's going up in the world. Like he was sort of the first main one. Him and I suppose Mark Maron were maybe the two like first sort of big podcasts. Um, and I like Mark Maron as well, by the way. Um, but he his stand up to me, it's never really been you know what. You know, I'd never watch and go. I love his stand-up. You yeah. know, I think his his podcasts are great, but again, you know, wouldn't be he does he does did a bit about the Kardashians. So I actually saw I saw him do it live, and it was hilarious. Um, about like them being demons, and he does this bit where he crawls up on a stool, and it's like them like the Kardashians like forcing you know Bruce Jenner to become Caitlyn. It's like just cut your dick <laughs> off. It's a really funny bit, like, and and I remember that was one of the, well, it was a great bit. But yeah, stand up wise, I, I wouldn't be rushing to see him, but I do think you know his podcast is great, and some of the things that have come out in that podcast over the years have been sort of legendary, like. So, you know, I think yeah. I'd be a fan of that, but you know, he wouldn't be in my top ten probably stand ups. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there as well. Um, listen, Dave, thanks very much for doing this. Um, it's been really good having you on. Um, I think I'll have you on again though because um, we could talk fucking for ages. I, I, yeah, I absolutely. Think. Like I'm looking at now going this bastard MOT. Like I'm fucking I'm in the flow here. I'm enjoying myself. You know, I bet yeah. you I go and I feel it, and then I'll be like, for fuck's sake, all this I could have just okay. sat and just left in the driveway <laughs> to rot. Um, but but no, that was that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, do you want to uh, give a couple of uh, plugins? So you've got the Sly Guy podcast and obviously yes. Pillow Talk and stuff. Do you want to give a, like, yeah. um, when's the date for Pillow Talk? 
Um, I showed Pill Talk in the Ulster Halls on the 17th of December. So that's, the, again, this year feels weird that this is now 2021. But yeah, 2021, the 17th of December. And again, tickets are going well for it. It was a bit like when I booked it at the start, I was like, oh, what am I doing? But they're, they're selling really well. So hopefully, you know, that'll they'll shift now and I can stop promoting it and just focus on the actual content. But um, yeah, that's on the 17th of December. I, I have a weekly podcast, a Sly Guy podcast which is uh, out every Thursday. And then I just do do an extra podcast. I just started called The Serial Killing the Podcast, which is just oh, yeah, out on Patreon. So yeah, it's been good fun to do. So it's kind of like a mix of true crime and comedy. So I try to get comedians on to essentially dissect serious serial killing cases and try to find some humor in it you know which sometimes <laughs> is difficult you know guys like so what they do yeah they cut the guy's eyes out and shoved them up his arse so like all right okay um there's nothing funny about that's brutal and like, all right okay sweet um thanks for coming on you know but no, it, it, it's a lot of fun too so yeah just and otherwise i'll plug some dates but i only have the 17th of december in my diary at the minute so yeah not much to not much to do and then you're on instagram youtube are you on youtube yes I am on YouTube, but here's the thing. I set up my YouTube channel years ago, and I can't remember what it is. So just find the Sly Guy podcast and then subscribe via that. So I don't know exactly that. But on uh, yeah, Facebook and, and Instagram, it's Dave Elliott Comedy. And Twitter, it's the Dave Elliott, because Dave Elliott Comedy is too long to put on the Twitter yeah, handle. So, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's me. Yeah, perfect. Now, listen, mate, thanks very yeah. much for doing this. No problem at all. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll definitely have you on again. But um, yeah, if I don't uh, speak to you in the meantime, good luck with the podcast and stuff like that. Yes, cheers, mate. Thank you. I hope you pass your MOT. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. All right, take care. Cheers, mate. See you later.